0: And, um, CSIS Pratamina Banyan Tree Leadership Forum today. Um, the Banyan Tree Leadership Forum that is supported by Pratamina is Washington's premier pl- platform for Southeast Asian leaders to engage the Washington DC policy community. And I'm very pleased today to welcome Indonesia's Minister for Energy and Natural Resources, Ignatius Jonan, to deliver keynote remarks. I'm also thrilled to have uh, Pertamina acting CEO Nika Widyawati here today. Pertamina's support for this forum and other work here at CSIS are ensuring that Indonesia and Southeast Asia are central to how Washington thinks about the Indo-Pacific region. And I also just wanted to quickly acknowledge uh, many important friends we have with us here today, including former ambassadors to Indonesia, uh, Bob Gelbert and I think Bob Blake may be here. Oh, there's Bob Blake. Um, We have the president of the United States Indonesia Society, Ambassador David Merrill. And um, I don't know if we have Ambassador Ted Osius with us today. He's not here. Okay, Uh, Minister Ignatius Jonan is Indonesia's Minister for Energy and National Resources, which is a critical post uh, given Indonesia's vast natural resources. This is Minister Joman's second cabinet posting under President Jokowi having led the Ministry of Transportation from 2014 to 2016 where he was central to the President's push to expand the country's infrastructure. Prior to that, from 2009 to 2014, Minister Jonan served as President-Director of Karata Api Indonesia, the national railway company. In this role, he rose to national prominence by leading a dramatic transformation of the country. And Minister Jonan is no stranger to the United States. He is the product of several of the US's finest institutions, including receiving his master's from the Fletcher School of Law and Diplomacy. I'm sorry we were a little delayed starting our program today. We wanted to uh, upload a presentation that Minister Jonan will will give and uh, present. Today and that just took us a little bit of time, so sorry for the delay. But without further ado, please join me in welcoming Minister Jonan. Mm-hmm. Excellencies, Is it on or? Yeah, it's on.
1: Excellencies, ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon. Uh, it's not. Uh, Good timing for Indonesians to have an agenda in DC this time because uh, we prefer to to watch the football match. <laughs> I think some of my younger colleagues at the back are they, they will well they will they just be here just because of my presence, but uh, they don't care whether I talk correctly or not because they put they open all their their mobile phones and watching uh, football match over there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <clears throat> we, uh, this time, uh, thank you to uh, Pratamina. So, I have uh, C- CEO of Pratamina with me. So, uh, Ms. Nika Vidovati and uh, some business people also, uh, the very senior business people, uh, Mr. Arifin Panigora is here. And uh, when he joined uh, the engineering school in Bandung, Mr. Harvey Perniger, the acting CEO of Pratamina wasn't even born. (laughs) So I just want to reflect on how young he is now. (laughs) Uh, I have asked uh, Amy whether I have uh, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. since, uh, what did you say?
0: As long as you want.
1: Okay. Uh, I would like to explain a little bit about. Uh, can I have some pointers or something? Yeah. Uh, about the, the energy policy in Indonesia and also the mining sector. Uh, I do understand I ha- we have a representative from. Uh, several here and uh, anybody from Freeport from Freeport okay no next okay this is the acknowledgement of Indonesia Indonesian reform I hope you can this my presentation can be copied later so it's full presentation can be copied but I will not go page by page, because uh, perhaps uh, you will get bored, but uh, I'll go to very interesting pages. The ease of doing business 2018, we're, we're up uh, 19 ranks, so I think it should be good. The Gallup World Poll. I think uh, we are, along with Swiss, have gained the highest public trust level. I hope it's correct. Uh, investment grade improving. Uh, even though many people in Indonesia are not that happy, but uh, but this is what we have we have achieved so far. And the uh, global competitiveness index uh, has been up uh, for five ranks. Next, if you click every uh, blue alphabet there, so it will translate into like 10, 20 pages of explanation, but if I explain all of them, so we have to go home uh, the day after tomorrow, I think. So uh, let me continue. Can I operate myself or something? No? Is there any tools that I can operate this? One is that it's been uh, uh, complained or advised uh, many times by uh, many investors, including uh, domestic investors, uh, the regulations uh, too complicated, too many regulations, and so on. Uh, My president uh, has instructed many times to reduce the regulations. And we did. Uh, My agency did uh, cut, uh, I think, uh, almost uh, I think at least uh, 40% to 50% of the existing regulations. So. But uh, sometimes uh, my colleagues in the cabinet, so other, other ministers ask me, how do you do it? I, I just ask my people to cut it off. But uh, it's not easy because oil and gas, uh, mining sectors as well, all extractive sectors are multi-agencies uh, uh, regulatory Complex. So we have to pursue to the environmental ministry and some other ministries to support this idea. This is interesting. This is uh, electrification ratio. By 2017, we have achieved 95.35. So while it's uh, it's been uh, unheard of in the advanced country, but uh, this is what we have to face. So we just cannot ignore that this is the reality. Uh, By the end of 2017, we have achieved 95.35% electrification ratio. So that means, uh, along the way, we still have around 4.65% Indonesian inhabitants, are not electrified, are not, are not served properly. So, And if you ask me how many of them, so it, we just 4.65% times 265 million people. So perhaps 12 to 13 million people still unserved. We just pick three times of the people of Singapore. And uh, what we have to do, we will try our best to achieve, uh, uh, the, to cover the all areas by the end of next year, 2019. Can we do it? I believe we can do it. I bring uh, Director of National Electricity Company with me, so you can have a chat later on, or maybe during the Q&A. This is an efficient solar power uh, lighting program, so we put a uh, rooftop solar panel to every household that have not been served by the grid. Uh, when the president assigned me to this job, so I reported to him that uh, there was at least uh, uh, 2,519 villages uh, without electrification. Wow in addition to another perhaps 10,000 that are being served by electricity poorly. So this is the job that is not easy, so it's not business per se, but it is uh, the equality issue. It is the equity issue that has to be accomplished. What is the impact? Uh, what we worry that much is that uh, if there is no such attention from the central government or from the government uh, to reduce the Gini ratio or to put uh, the equity issue into a very serious attention, so the, one of the key worries that uh, we might face in the near future is the, the rising radicalism because of the unhappiness of some part of the people. But uh, we'll try our best. We believe that uh, we can accomplish the 2,500 villages with electrification by the end of uh, next year. Last year we have put uh, more than seven, almost uh, 80,000 households electrified. This year the plan is 175,000 households. It's free. We just put the rooftop uh, solar panel, we put the electrification, and that's it. We don't try to collect the money from them no I don't think you can see the pictures later I'll show you that. this has also been uh, interested by uh, one or two US uh, uh, corporations that try to also help to make electrification in Papua so. You can copy later, maybe, but because this is the summary of the regulation and so on. But openly, as, as I said, so we are open. We do not make a limitation that whether a state control institution is the only institution that can provide the electricity, but the private sector can also make a business, provide the electricity to the public with an approved tariff. The tariff has to be approved. Who will approve the electrification tariff in Indonesia? By law, is this gentleman, the only person. Well, of course, I have to consult the president. This is uh, oil and gas uh, for people who are in the upstream oil and gas business. So uh, perhaps, uh, well, we have checked the world uh, a little bit when I joined this organization. As Amy said, that I came from transportation, So and prior to that, I ran the railways. So, so the railways man is generally known as very stubborn. And uh, you can ask Ambassador Blake about me a little bit later, maybe. And but so far what we want to put in the oil and gas is to make uh, this industry or this sector or this uh, activities is as competitive as possible. Uh, this morning I attended the ministerial and CEO uh, meetings for the gas, uh, chaired by Secretary Perry. And uh, it seems to me that uh, this industry, oil and gas comp- industry, has to be more competitive compared to what they have done before. So there is no such, uh, they charge whatever they like, and they can sell it to the people whatever they want. No. So, because they are competing with the renewable energy, some other sources of energy as well. Uh, well, you can read it later, maybe. Refinery. So we, uh, the, pre- the president has embraced uh, so many times to invite anybody, almost anybody, to invest uh, or, or developing the refineries, including the petrochemical company on the ground in Indonesia, so Exxon or Chevron, perhaps Exxon Chevron as well, uh, and some other big players or big boys are expected to invest uh, to put uh, to build the refineries, including also our uh, national companies, Pertamina. I know uh, by. Building only the refinery is not economically viable. So it has to be followed up by the downstream, by making the petrochemical businesses, which is OK. Oops. Is that all? Uh, well, you can read it later, but the renewables. This is the, the commitment of the climate change. This is the energy mix. So well I hope it's still okay here. Uh so so I don't follow the US domestic politics but uh, this is my this is our commitment that uh, we will try to achieve uh, at least by 23% of energy mix by 2025. If you ask me, is it going to be easy, it's not. On the, in the power front, so far, we have achieved 13%, one, three. So another 10% is to be accomplished within seven years, can be achieved. perhaps around 20% can be achieved, supported mostly by geothermal and hydro. Uh, on the transportation front, it's not easy. So we are struggling with uh, the supply of ethanol. This is a good opportunity, I guess, for the gasoline-based engines. For the diesel engine, it's been okay. So we put 20% palm oil mix in the diesel engine, but not in the gasoline engine. For gasoline engine, we expect the mix of ethanol. We also have uh, this toy, the wind power. It's been commissioned lately small 75 megawatts in the southern Sulawesi. So another two are being made, one in the Cinepunto area in southern Sulawesi and another one is in Tanalaut in southern Kalimantan. Uh, the last two are with uh, GE technology. This is the goal. So. We try to achieve, uh, this is the electrification ratio that I explained. I think you can copy later this one. Anybody from the industry? Except for Pak Yanta, you from the industry? Okay. You can copy this later. Is that all? Stop here. Is it gone? Yeah. Can I have the picture of the, the household in Papua that we put the rooftop solar panel? It doesn't work. OK. So that's all. Any question?
0: Why don't you sit down yep. here and we can um, thank you. moderate a question and answer session. Thank you. Thank you, Minister Jonan. That was a, a, a very interesting um, set of slides and discussion. Um, I'm we have a lot of expertise in this room. It's a very full house of people who have come to hear you. So I'm not going to ask you a lot of questions. Let me just let me just kick off the conversation. Um, with, with a couple. And first, let me ask you about uh, uh, Indonesia has recently reinstated fuel subsidies. And I'm wondering mm. what kind of impact that's going to have on other priorities, such as infrastructure, where you played a, a key role uh, at, when you were a minister of transportation. and I know it's a priority for President Jokowi. So uh, can you tell us about how fuel subsidies are going to impact infrastructure and other aspects of the economy?
1: Uh. I think uh, the perception is is not properly correct. Uh, I told uh, Edward Manandi, he asked me many times about this, and I told him that uh, he, he needs to read a lot more. Uh, why? We do not embrace for the subsidy increase at all. We do not. What we try to do is to compensate our national uh, oil distribution company, like Protamina, Mm -hmm. with some other things. We keep uh, the basic uh, gasoline uh, around 88. It is old-fashioned gasoline, so we have to find a way to abolish this one later on. But uh, we try to keep the price because of the affordability of the public. Mm-hmm. It's not purely that uh, while well, my president is going to run next year and so on, it's not, that's not the issue. The issue is the affordability of the public. How we keep uh, this price in place without jeopardizing significantly to the existence of our uh, distributor. Okay? Uh, a few ways to, to do it, Well, I, we told Protamina. We don't increase the price. You have to di- still distribute with the same price. But we compensate you with some other things. One, we compensate Protamina with, I think, a tr- a 12 productive oil and gas blocks, which is significant. I give you example, the largest block or the biggest block that we uh, compensate to Protamina is the, what we call Mahakam block. Mahakam block produce. On a daily basis, uh, I think equivalent to 150,000 150, barrel oil equivalent per day. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Does it answer the okay. question? Yeah. Yeah.
0: OK. You know, you've been with uh, President Jokowi really from day one. and You mentioned the election that's coming up. Um, mm. Can you share with us what are your main takeaways of President Jokowi and his administration?
1: Well, it's a very difficult question. <laughs> what do you want me to say?
0: <laughs> you may have some insider kind of view of the president and how he prioritizes things or goes about his business that you just some impressions you might want uh, yeah. to share with us?
1: I think above all else I, I think uh uh he is for the people. This is what I understand that uh he's been uh uh well, he's been in the office for almost four years and keep pushing the equity issues to the cabinet members as well as to the uh, bureaucratic engines mm-hmm. that uh, we are that he's running. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, so far, I have a, a shot a film, perhaps uh, two, three minutes, uh, four, or five minutes, if you like. It is in Indonesian language, but uh, you, if you look at the, the, the film. Uh, you can understand uh, Mm -hmm. why we're doing this and so on. But uh, one is the the equity issue, so he's for the public, that's one. Mm -hmm. Second, so, well, he's for the infrastructure. It's not perfect, I do understand. Some might not be accomplished, I do accept. But most of them can be accomplished, Mm -hmm. those two. Mm -hmm. Number three, As far as I understand, so he doesn't doesn't put his own fingers or his family fingers into the businesses. Mm -hmm. So far, which is okay.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, I'll ask you one more question, uh, which is about China. And last year, or or recently, you signed an MOU with China on strengthening cooperation Mm. in the energy sector. And so in the foreseeable future, what role do you see China playing in Indonesia's energy sector?
1: It's a very interesting question. Uh, i put it this way. Uh, The direction from the president is that uh, the business should be, what is the the main measurement of the business? The main and the only measurement that we have to put in place is the economics. Mm -hmm. That's all. So we strengthen, we make an agreement with, with China and some other countries. But at the end of the day, when we go into implementation, we have to go to the economics. It doesn't matter whether China, or US, or Japan, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So as long as it is uh, it's good
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: for both sides, uh, profitable, so we go for that.
0: Mm-hmm. OK. Yep. OK, let me open it up for questions from the audience. Yes, here, the woman here. Yes, please identify yourself and ask a question. Uh,
2: oh, thank you, sir. sir. Stand.
0: Um, Thank you very much for an informative and interesting overview of Indonesia and the investment climate pack, Ignatius. I was wondering, in the forecasts for oil and gas consumption in Indonesia for 2025 and 2050, how much of the oil and gas do you envisage coming from domestic and how much from imports, please? Oh, sorry. Amanda Battersby from Upstream. Thank you.
1: Mm. This is the, you're asking about the oil or the gas? The gas, okay. Uh, At the moment, uh, we consume 60% of the domestic production of the gas. And uh, well, I just talked to my colleagues just recently that uh, I think uh, the government will keep pushing the use of the Domestic production as much as we can. So, if you ask me, so what is the expectation by 2025 and by 2050? So, historically, if we look at uh, the past, perhaps 25 years' consumption, so the growth of the gas consumption will get along with the growth of the economy. So, perhaps 1.5 times, 1.3 times. So let's assume that uh, if the GDP growth uh, is five percent, so I think the consumption of the gas might go up by, like between six percent to seven percent. Yep.
0: Um, next, we have Ambassador Blake, all the way in front here. Uh, Minister, I just can you uh, just wait for the microphone, Thanks.
3: You don't
0: need. Yeah. Minister, you've been very active, as Amy said, both in developing the railway network and now the the entire energy infrastructure. It's sort of an article of faith among economists that if you invest in infrastructure, that that's going to have an impact on growth. And yet, growth has remained pretty stable at about five or so percent, maybe a little bit more. When do you expect all of these infrastructure investments to actually begin to kind of boost growth? And do you have have a
1: sense of that? Mm. It's a good, very good question. It's unfair, because you it used <laughs> to be in Jakarta for many years. <laughs> uh, well, it's, well it's actually, it's a very valid question. So it's been asked uh, not only by uh, Ambassador Blake, but by also the politicians in Indonesia, as well as the opponents in the parliament and so on. But uh, I would like to say like this. So, some of them, perhaps uh, one-third of them, I might say, will start producing when it is commissioned. One-third. Two-thirds might take time. If you ask me how long, I don't know. Maybe uh, five years after commissioned, or 10 years, or 15 years. Why? Because perhaps two-thirds of the infrastructure that are, or that have been built for the past four years, are located in the very low economic growth area. But the question is, if we do not build it now, then when? I believe Ambassador Blake uh, been to Papua before, a few times, I guess. So, if you travel to Papua, so many complaints about the infrastructure, many unhappiness, so they talk to US ambassador that uh, they have been neg- neglected. And so, OK, now we build it for them. If you ask an e- a good economic growth for the money that we have spent for the infrastructure in Papua, I think we have to be a bit patient.
3: That's my answer.
0: OK, uh, here in the front. Thank you.
3: Hi, my name is Wayne Forrest of the American Indonesian Chamber of Commerce. Uh, and I just want to comment that uh, in March, I took uh, a Kereta Api train from Jakarta to Juk, Jakarta. It left on time exactly when it was supposed to leave. Very clean. So I urge everybody to use the Kereta Api trains. So, uh, I had a great experience, and it got there on time. So congratulations, because I know that you, you had a lot to do with that. My question's a little tougher, though. Uh, Indonesia now mandates mining products have to be uh, processed, local. processed locally. Yeah. And that's been controversial. Everybody knows that. You know that it came, it, you inherited the, the policy from before. The smelter is, in the, is not necessarily in the law, but it's in regulation. A lot of people object to that and say it's not economic, okay? So you're basically taking some commodity, not all your commodities, and you're mandating some industrialization. My question is, and my members import a lot of commodities from your country. I mean, we are, my organization is the oldest, goes back to 1949, we're the ones that buy spices, coffee, all the rubber, and you never put a mandate that rubber has to be processed and industrialized in Indonesia, but yet today, Indonesia still exports plenty of natural rubber, very unprocessed, and also makes tires and fan belts and, many, and gloves and many other products that are industrialized, but never was it a mandate. Why did Indonesia choose mining products for this type of mandate and not all those other products? Okay.
1: <laughs> You're not representing uh, Freeport, right? <laughs> well, I
3: have other members, not just Freeport. Okay. Okay.
1: Not just about free board. Okay. It is uh, by mining law. It's mandated by mining law. Uh, crafted in 2009. Uh, if you ask me why, the, well, my honest answer is that uh, that's the that's the law. But wasn't there?
3: some idea to change the law a couple of years ago, with, uh, amend the law, with,
1: uh, understanding some of the realities that uh, people were presenting as part of the government? Well, uh, there is uh, an initiative from the parliament uh, currently to amend the law. But uh, I don't think it can take place before 2019. You don't ask my personal opinion on this, right? You do not.
3: <laughs> I would love to hear any opinions, personal, government. Uh, we can be off the record. Amy, you can tell us whether or not this, is, this part is on the it record. It is
0: on the not. record because we are live streaming, oh, okay. I believe. So <laughs> I, we, we can't pause and do a quick, uh, quick off the record session. But, um, but I think the answer is clearly politics <laughs> that I'm hearing. Uh, yes, sir?
1: OK, sure. Uh, hello, minister. Good morning. Uh, my name is Gerald Hank. I come from Boston, Massachusetts. There's no question from your, from your presentation that uh, with solarization of all Indonesia, the economic progress is going to be great. But what I'm wondering is that how does such a progress affect the cultural and ethnic infrastructure of Indonesia, the Great?
2: Mm.
1: It's a very good question. Uh, I travel a lot. And I think uh, out of the 34 provinces in Indonesia, and we have uh, 500. Uh, cities and regencies. So I think I've traveled perhaps uh, almost three times of the 34 provinces. I've visited, I think, more than 350 regencies in Indonesia. And uh, I talked to them. Whenever we, we implemented uh, new infrastructure, in my responsibility, I talked to them whether they like it or they don't like it. But I've also told them that uh, it might change the way you live. And uh, can be good, can be bad, can be both, good and bad. I give you example of the lightings in the far away remote areas, in this very isolated villages. I told them, if you get electrified, the life will completely change. And uh, please try to embrace these changes more on the positive side. but I cannot teach them. I never lived like that in my life. Mm. But uh, they have to adjust themselves. This is my opinion. But I told them, if you don't want to be electrified, it's also okay. Just make a statement in writing, I'll take it back. And I will keep it. This is very important. So we don't push them. We do not. I personally, in my responsibilities in transportation as well as in the energy, sec- in energy sector, I never pushed. If they don't like it to be electrified, it's fine. It's up to them. Hmm. Yes, it's free. OK. I
0: Hi, Samuel Troper, Holocron Foundation. Um, Have there been any efforts to you know, you know, optimize your existing resources or supply chains using artificial intelligence or blockchain or any other cutting-edge techniques? Uh,
1: well, uh, I think they do. They do use the AI. Uh, but uh, it may vary from one institution to another. I would like to say, in this sector, I think it's a bit uh, basic. It's a big business in the very near future, or in the coming years, I would like to say. And I give you an example, like a subsurface data for the oil and gas. We are struggling to make this uh, data is quite uh, concise, uh, reachable, easy to access and so on and it takes a lot of uh, effort to to make it happen that's one example
0: Uh, yes woman here And this may be our last question. Good
2: afternoon. My name is Veronica Cartier. Selamat siang. Selamat Selamat datang di Amerika. Allow me speaking in two languages as I'm originally from Indonesia, and kepada semua delegasi Indonesia. Sangat baik sekali uh, penerangan Bapak. Uh, Namun demikian, ada pertanyaan saya mengenai uh, security sector. Bagaimana tanggapan Indonesia atas keagresifan China, pembangunan military base di South China Sea? Dan bagaimana itu um, impact-nya kepada um, keamanan di daerah Indo-Pasifik? Would you please elaborate, explain With the aggression of China in South China Sea, with the building of the military base, how does it impact to Indonesia, especially in the Indo-Pacific region? Because international community needed the freedom of navigation. Thank
0: you. You're getting all the easy questions today.
1: Uh, well it 's not uh, in my portfolio, but uh, let me try to explain from the perspective of my portfolio uh, we have a, a big gas reserve in the in the north natuna it 's in the tip of the South china Sea and uh, used to be uh, with Exxon for 30 years but Exxon finally gave up and returned to the government and the government has assigned Petamina our national company to to explore more or to continue exploration and uh, we have told Petamina that uh, if they would like to bring partners so it has to be approved by the government and second statement that uh, if they bring uh, Chinese partners, CNPC or PetroChina or CNNOC, they have to bring another non-Chinese partner with them. We will not allow only Chinese partners to work in the North, uh, in the north Natuna, in the South China Sea. No. That's my statement.
0: I thought it was called the Natuna Sea now.
1: <laughs> it is Natuna Sea. It is Natunasi. And uh, well, I think uh, a few days ago, I think uh, either my ambassador or some other people asked me about this kind of issue as well. So I said, uh, uh, so I haven't received any notice or notification from other agencies that, is, is that uh, the security issue is mounting in the, in the South China Sea or in Natunasi. So I haven't heard any, any issues so far.
0: Well, I'm sorry we have to end it there because I promised the minister uh, I would get him off on time for his next engagement. But please join me in thanking uh, Minister Jonah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you
3: for
0: taking all the tough questions.